Producers without a clue. Seriously? That's what they call animation nowadays? How do you even sell a show? What the hell is a production packet? Oh yeah, it's gonna be animated. It's gonna be real cool. Wait, who's animating this thing? You've gotta believe in your own ideas. Everyone is pitching ideas! What do you have to join the Illuminati? We just have to do it our way! Animation has warped my sense of reality. I didn't tell him to draw that! <laughs> oh, it's all about the demographic. What's <laughs> all right, now we're recording and uh, technical difficulties, but we are back. Producers we're back. without a clue, episode 15, been on a hiatus. And hiatus, yes. Yeah. How I you guess- been? I've been good. I feel like we need to change the name of the show, though, to a producer who has a clue and one guy who still has no idea what the hell he's doing. <laughs> uh, maybe producers who locked into something. and yeah. <laughs> Tough luck producers. Yeah. Like yeah. No, um, I've, I've, I'm confident enough to say that I still know very little uh, based on what I've been going through all summer. So I feel pretty good about the title. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I agree with you. I, yeah. I think it's still an appropriate title. But I'm doing okay. You yeah. know, it has been one of those summers. And I am thankful to be on the other side alive. Um, you, of course, have had an amazing summer as well. So productive. I'm so damn productive. proud of you. So, yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling, Mr. I Got My Television Show on Bell Network? Uh yeah, I'm I'm very euphoric um, and just so full of pride. My 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 son did all of the cinematography and ninety percent of the actual camera work for our TV show. And mm-hmm. when he started on episode one shots, he didn't know anything about it, and I was teaching him right what right. what I knew, and then he took it upon himself to to study up on our camera gear and would take them out on exercises to really get like master it. Right. Right. And in a very short time, he was, you know, he was able to spot uh, a lot of things that for a 15 year old boy on, you know, he's 15 and he has a television show on his resume. So I'm a proud father. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there you go. You should be proud. And we're proud of you too, yeah. buddy. That's I can't wait to see it. I, I um I wish I were in Canada so I could watch it live when it goes out. Well, there will come a time when I can look for a new home for mm-hmm. it, but for now it's exclusively on the Bell Network. So you know. Yeah. Now chewing in Canada. So, <laughs> luckily, normally it's you Canadians who get screwed out of everything that we get, but now we're the ones getting screwed. So, but it's okay. Yeah. We deserve the heck out of it. Yeah. So I'm so proud of you. Yeah. It has been a heck of a summer without you, but you know, it all, it all worked out really, really well. Well, do you want to? Let's try to play the trailer for the show for the people at home. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I was crazy about cartoons. I had no idea how they were made. But on with it. But I was determined to learn. If you're an animation fan like me, you'll love the step-by-step journey we're about to go on together. Ah, a bear! To learn how to make a 2D animated cartoon. 
right here on Drawn to It, Behind the Screens. So that that's the trailer, and uh, I believe you've seen it online as well. And uh, I, I'm super excited, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we get a season two. So we'll see. I, I'm hoping you do. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, because as somebody who does a traditional 2D animated series, like a lot of people ask, so many questions about what I do and how I do it. And so I, I'm thankful that this show is here because this is going to be not just entertaining, but informative, infotaining, if you will. So that's I what looking... we went for. Well, there so. you go. And I, I'm so proud of you. Yes. Some really cool guests on. I'm not going to spoil them for you. Um, go watch the show. It's yeah. super cool. Go watch the show. That's go watch it now. Do it now, not not now. Wait till after yeah. our podcast, yeah. then you can go right and watch. Right, well, totally. Yeah. So, but how about you? I know you've been up to a lot of cool things too, and people might think we've been talking every day throughout the summer, but really we haven't. We've, you know, there's been long stretches of no communication, and each of us have been attacking our own things and and achieving lots of cool stuff. So, yeah, fill no, us tell in the a truth. bit. You ditched me. You said screw off and you didn't want anything to do with me. And I had to beg you to come back and do the show again. I, I, I didn't want to get into the drama, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> no, I. it has been a heck of a summer here. Um, I believe when we last spoke, we were getting ready to launch our Kickstarter campaign for Chucky Chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, it came. It went. Mm-hmm. Um, it blew up. Uh, not in a good way. Um, we we raised about eighty one hundred and seventeen dollars and some odd change. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know, so it wasn't like a complete like failure. Mm-hmm. I you know I was hoping that we'd at least break like a thousand bucks. Like if we broke five thousand, I'd be thrilled. Right. We got over eight thousand, so that yeah. to me is just uh, a huge win on that count. Um, you know, it could have been more. Not going to get into that today. That's a whole different story. Um, but other than that, we've also been doing a lot of stuff with social media. Um, we have been doing a lot of really cool little animations. I call them character cameos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've started uh, production on Carolers O'Clocking again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for those of you who remember <laughs> that from last season. Is that, <laughs> uh, is that a little dig too. at me? That felt like a dig. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, well, what do you say, uh, since you bring it up, why don't we play it for them? Sure. All Here's right. a sneak peek of a work in progress. Uh, work in progress. So you've got yeah. rough animation in this, a little bit of painted animation. Uh, so we're pulling the curtain back a little bit on the process of putting together the cartoon. Just so, a All right, here we go. Good tidings for Christmas and a happy new year. 
We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you oh, a Merry Christmas. Christmas. I love the Christmas, the holly and the mistletoe. Oh. All the presents make it funny. Cool. Ah, yeah. We're we're gonna have to edit that one in too. I'm so sorry. No, it's got nothing like, to do with you. <laughs> nothing to do with you. But, oh, is choppy again? Yeah, choppy. But oh, okay. that's okay. We'll fix it in post. There oh, you go. by the way, uh, I've learned why people say that a lot over the summer. Ah, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> uh, yep, learned that lesson. Yes, you do. Yeah. So, but so that, that was your yeah. That That's looking great, time. man. Yeah. It's your first time seeing it all the way through, which is so exciting. Yep. Yeah. So, very cool. Uh, yep. A lot done since the last time I was involved in it. Um, so, yeah. yeah, big congrats to you and the team. I I know you lucked out and you uh, found some other animators to volunteer some time. Yes. And, uh you know, the project definitely has benefited from that. So it's looking really cool. Yes, it's yeah. it's been a labor of love for everybody. And the goal was, it, it actually came out of necessity because um, we it wasn't actually supposed to be done this early. We were supposed to be working on another cartoon for a film festival that was supposed to be happening this year. And uh, we'd actually be submitting it right now but it got canceled or pushed back a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, we also decided at that point that we were going to just kind of, we wanted to do something for Christmas. So I was like, hey, you know what? We got this great cartoon. Pre-production is pretty much done. You know, let's have a ball and let's just have some fun and, you know, let's get this one in the can and get it finished. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So we we i it's me and then i'll just list off the animators and please then just, yeah, yeah give them their, their yeah do yep so we got uh moy aguilar we have my uh, one of my buddies andrew mortimer who you know very well is mm -hmm. just a wonderful wonderful lad uh we got uh, happy coma and then from singapore we got uh yap chung sing uh, I believe I, I want to make sure that I say that right, because if I didn't say it right, I'm going to be really mad at myself. Hang on one second. Yep. Yep. Chung Singh. And right. he's really cool because he actually comes to us. He's done a lot of work for Harry Partridge okay. and he just is an amazing animator. And he just came in and just dominated. And everyone has been doing such a wonderful job. Moy has been helping lead the project team and just, you know, has it's been so fun. Um, it's funny because we've seen monsters at work, and you know the the green monster with like all the eyes that is trying to take over Mift. Yeah, yeah we we call Moy him. So that's <laughs> so that's awesome. He's he, but he's awesome. We love him to death, and and happy they they're uh, an amazing ink and paint artist. They redid a lot of the backgrounds for us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just been a huge team effort, and they're so quick. Like we got all of that animation done, and I think in like a month or so. Like it just, like they just, and then of course Laura Van Galen, we kept one of her scenes in there, and we mm -hmm. inked and colored it, and we kept almost all of uh, Inka Van Galen's backgrounds. 
for voiceovers, we got myself doing Chucky, the amazing Mike Pollock as Tommy Turkey, and the vintage carolers who are going to who provide the singing voices. We actually reached out to them, got permission to use their tracks in our cartoon. They're super stoked about it. Oh, and I want to give them their I have their names here. We got Trisha uh, Tr I want I want to make sure I say this right. Mm -hmm. uh, Trisha uh, Fetus or or Feets. Janelle Hart. Wait a minute. What? Trisha uh, Fites, F-I-T-E-S, or Fitz, something okay, like that. So not fetus. No, not fetus. Okay. No. And excuse me if there's loud conversation. Uh, they don't know that I'm recording a podcast. That, so that if, That's fine. It's just the laughter kicked in right after you said fetus. So right? that the timing was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You can keep it if you yeah, want. Keep it um, yeah. Janelle Hart, Bobby uh, Severns, and George McCarthy II are the vintage carolers. They are the ones who are singing the vo voices in the cartoon. So huge, huge thank you to them for uh, for being a part of this and for allowing us to use their, their music in our Super cartoon. Super talented, too. They sound oh. awesome amazingly talented yeah so fantastic. hang on one second hey yeah. guys i'm recording a podcast could you talk somewhere else please i don't think they can hear me anyway it's wow. all right and now we get a look behind the curtain at mike's <laughs> tyrannical dictatorship at his studio oh yeah right <laughs> they don't listen to me <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, uh, we are expected to get the cartoon completed and in the can, uh, by the end of October. And that includes compositing and everything maybe sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just been, we started this probably mid August. So the fact that we're, you know, so quickly getting things done, yeah. um, it's just been a wild ride. And then I recently, I hate talking just about me here, but no, no, go for um, it. Um, Chucky Chicken will be appearing exclusively in Northwest Illinois uh, uh, for their film office. We got commissioned to do a couple commercials for them, which is super exciting. Man, and uh, we're getting paid to do it too, which is even Cha better. Ka-ching! Ka-ching! Yeah, that's and, great. Uh, yeah, so that has been so much fun for us too because we got. You know, I've been working with Ted Hazard on the writing and trying to make them super small and funny. And we mm -hmm. just uh, got approved for two of them. We got one more that we got to get done. And um, I'm animating one of them currently, which mm -hmm. doesn't have any dialogue. It's a simple, like, six-second thing. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm ridiculous. I, I mean, I'm so proud of what – oh, I almost forgot like one of the biggest things that happened this summer. Um, I was interviewed uh, thanks to my uh, association with the Northwest Illinois Film Office and all those wonderful people over there. Um, I was interviewed by Jonathan Turner for the Quad Cities paper and the Quad, quadcities.com had an article put in there about me and Chucky and my work. And that led to a amazing um, interview for WHBF Channel 4 and Rock Island. And they reached out. They were like, we want, we're tired of COVID news. We're tired of political news. We want yeah. something happy. We want to do a story on you. And I'm like, cool, let's That's, do it. Yeah, fantastic. So and we, did, did that lead to the commercial work? 
No, the commercial work actually got done before. Wow. So they just That's yeah, great. So, yeah, so they just loved what, what I was doing. Yeah. And they pretty much were like, "Oh my god, like listen, what well, you want to do commercials for us because they want to do something different over at Northwest Illinois because everybody does. They're trying to do the whole economic development and trying to get people to move out to Morrison, Illinois, Whiteside County. Right. And they're like, "We think maybe animation can do the trick." And because your characters are Midwestern characters, it makes sense. I mean, you see a lot of chickens all throughout the the Midwest, you know. Right, right. And um, so that that was really cool. Along with that, we were featured at NerdFest 2021 this year. So um, the collab, we actually got a chance to go and be a part of NerdFest, the very first one that they'd done in Davenport. And Chucky Chicken was a huge part of that. That's why this guy exists now, yeah. which is really cool. People got pictures with him and tagged him on Instagram and we even met uh, uh, YouTuber Provost Park Pass, who are, you know, I met uh, Chris and I also met his buddy Jordan, and they're going to be lending their voices to some characters as well, which is Very super cool. exciting, getting that, you know, <laughs> cross promo going there. And yeah. he's a big Disneyland nut, and I'm a huge Disneyland nut, so it just, um, you know, he's like, I. it's so weird now because I've been interviewed by so many people this year like i was on the uh get tuned in podcast with mike gracia who's yep. just a really great dude um i have been oh my gosh um jonathan turner like i said already and uh, the news the news was kind of trippy because they the, the first thing that they said was an emmy nominated animator is bringing his <laughs> yeah which is true i was nominated for an emmy Back in 2016 for the Cartoon Guy show. Right. So our show was nominated. That's and I found out we got two great. nominations for it, which was nuts. Yeah. So the fact that they're saying I've been introduced as a former Disney, you know, artist, which is not true. <laughs> but, you know, I've been an Emmy nominated artist. Um, I've been, um, oh, my gosh. Oh, what was the other one that, I, that really kind of tripped me up? Um, it's just so weird. Like local animator, and um, you know, it just has been so weird hearing all these titles because I'm just thinking like this is just stuff that I've done over the course of you know five ten years. Yeah. And now it's all of a sudden like people are like, hey, this guy's pretty impressive. Still, still single. I don't know why, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I I know what you mean. I I had a moment. Uh, you single too? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Womp, womp. The wife laughed. <laughs> yeah, no. right. Um, I I had a moment uh, a couple days ago where my mother-in-law reposted the trailer for the show we just did mm -hmm. with a paragraph uh, sort of talking about, you know, over the years how hard I've worked. And yeah. so you're, you're saying you're finally getting recognition and you know, she's one of a few people that I really care about what they think of me, you know? Right. And I, I felt that too. I'm like, oh, she's finally seen that I'm not just, you know, scribbling stupid doodles and, <laughs> right. you know? So, yeah, yeah. I know I, I know what you mean. It's it's nice to, to feel like your work is being uh, taken seriously. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the cool thing about it too. Yeah. And, um, I'm no longer just a, you know, like people know who Chuck E. Chicken is in the Quad Cities and it's, it's almost trippy 
it's very scary. Like, it, it also kind of almost makes me mad that I had to move from my hometown of Oswego, Illinois, over the Mississippi River just to get where I am today. <laughs> and I'm like, what happens if I move further west? What happens then, you know? So... But um, no, I'm very, very blessed. You can and just I... picture you on a on a log raft with a long pole, <laughs> working your way across the river. Pretty much, <laughs> you know, I'm Huck Finning it. You yeah, know? <laughs> with, without the racial undertones. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, exactly. You know. But no, that's great, man. It's it's been a heck of a year, and you know, COVID. A lot of people didn't benefit from all that time at home right but a lot of creative people um <laughs> i i feel like like it it allowed a lot of creative people to really focus on completing projects and right. doing their own thing um it certainly didn't slow down the animation industry any no, if anything it kicked barriers down that us as artists have been trying to kick down for ages. Studios always wanted everybody in house, and and COVID sort of, you know, etch a sketch shook all that up and said, "Listen, we got to figure out a new way." And now yeah. I think it's opened up the doors that studios uh, have access to talent that because of self-imposed guidelines they didn't have access to, right. you know, so. And it's so funny because it definitely changed my perspective of what I want in a in a studio. Because for the longest time, you know, everything that we did was to try and build like a brick and mortar studio building where we yeah. could have everybody in house. Yeah. And we could all be together. Um, but now it's like it's opening the doors and proving that you don't necessarily need that to yeah. be successful. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yes, it would be wonderful to see everybody. And yeah, there are, there are yeah. benefits. Yeah, hundred percent. You know. Yeah. And if anything, now it's just going to be like, well, hey, when we do film festivals, you know, we'll be able to see each other, and we'll get people out and about. And it's so funny because Ted Hazard, the voice of Freddie Fox. Uh, when we told him that we got into the film festival, he bought his ticket. He was like, I'm there. I want to see my work. I want to see my character. I want to. And I'm just like, Ted, I love you. And it broke my heart to tell him that it got both oh, yeah. Um, But hopefully in November, we'll be able to do that. And it's going to it's going to be cool. It's going to be the drive in movie theater, which is going to be really neat. That's um, awesome. But uh, but other than that, no, I totally agree. Like COVID, as terrible as it was for a lot of people, for creatives, it really was a shot in the arm, no pun intended, that we needed. Yeah. Like we needed to break down barriers. And I'm hoping that it'll also not just change, you know, the business, but it'll change, um, you know, a lot of the, the stipulations with SAG and with unions and with other shops as well. It's right. time. It is time to change yeah. all of those things, you know? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really hoping that... Uh... My, like my province in Canada, New Brunswick, is, I mean, kind of, out of all the provinces, we're in the Middle Ages. <laughs> you know, when it comes to, like, film and the creative arts, uh, just yeah. in general, anywhere on that spectrum you fall. Mad talent here. Crazy amount of creative people here, but no um, infrastructure for them. No... Right. 
no film credit system for filmmakers to take advantage of. A buddy of mine, Gene Fowler, owns an animation studio here in New Brunswick. God bless him. He's been at it for over a decade now and struggles with, you know, he would hire more people locally if he could, but there's no infrastructure because, you know, the uh, either people move out of the province or there's no, um, like I said, the tax credit situation. A, a lot of studios, that's how they make their profit. They rely on that because they're being underbid so much, right? That right. You really you have to come in at cost mm -hmm. to even stand a chance, right? Right. And he goes through that too. So um, I'm hoping that out of all of this, the people in charge of this type of thing um, will come up with some, you know, good ideas. Right. And, um, you know. I mean, I, they need to. I mean, everybody yeah. was predicting. Like, if anything, people think that COVID set us back like a decade. I think it, it flung us forward a decade. I, because I, th I think it did both. Right. Y you know, and uh, it definitely revealed the stupid thinking people. Mm -hmm. um, so that was good to find out on my yeah. Facebook on a daily basis who I, I really shouldn't be in communication with because they're just overnight turned stupid. Right. Um, so like that, said, that was I've interesting. Always, I always say, you know, uh, I'm not saying, you know, get rid of all the stupid people. I'm just saying remove all the warning labels and let the problem sort itself out. Well, that's sort of what's happening in a way. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I listen, I'm not educated on the political things. I know Either nothing way. about that stuff. I'm right. I'm like cartoon film guy, okay? That's, uh, we're just only cartoonists. Just yeah. trying to, but to one do thing I do know is um, when when you have a bunch of people on your Facebook feed show up who all of a sudden have become an authority medical person or right. political expert overnight, um, I I'm sorry. I want my news feed to scroll like really mindless crap. I, right. I I don't need uh, every post to be a philosophical debate, so I just mute them. Well, there, uh, Facebook is now actually in the process of getting rid of political posts and doing all oh, this. Oh, okay, they're, right. they're they're in right. that process, so they're making right. good strides. Yeah, I want to um, see posts about about uh, recipes, uh, mm -hmm. what silly things your kitten did, and. Yeah. You know the the cute birthday party you had for your kid ish. One right. post once in a while on that. Take it easy, parents. Okay. Um, <laughs> Listen, be, because yeah, you kids, I am but... just bombarded all day by stuff in the media, right? So when you oh, yeah. when you do the mindless scrolling, yeah, mm -hmm. I I want mindless content. No, I hear you. One thousand and twenty percent. You know, one hundred percent. But um. So real quick, do you want to go into some animation news? Sure do. It's been a long time since we've talked about it. Yep. Um, hey, Brian, I got a question for you. <laughs> hey, Mike, go for it. Do you like Super Mario Brothers? Why, yes, I do. Do you want to see the Mario Brothers turn into an animated uh, comedy? 
Maybe. It's happening. Maybe. It's happening. <laughs> Illuminations is, is making, uh, I mean, this has been something in the works for a long time now. Yeah. But uh, just a couple of days ago on the Nintendo Direct, they uh, re- Shigeru Miyamoto, the man behind the Super Mario Brothers franchise. I mean, this guy created Donkey Kong 40 years ago, the whole nine yards came out and officially announced the cast of the Super Mario Brothers movie. So I would like to share with you the cast of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Okay. And let me know if these guys are are anywhere near where you were thinking. I got to pull it up here because um, there's some that are just absolutely bizarre. Okay. Um, and just, okay, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute it here so I can read it with you. Okay, here we go. So playing the role of Mario mm-hmm. is none other than Chris Pratt. Is he Italian? Doesn't matter. He's he's successful. He okay. for those of you who don't know who Chris Pratt is, he uh, he's uh, very famous for um, he's in the Adventures. Um, I believe he oh, no sorry Guardians of the Galaxy. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he was the head in the Lego movies. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot with Jurassic World, which is why they thought, I'm, hey. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who he is. Yeah. 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 Playing Princess Peach is Anya Taylor-Joy. Okay. For the Vavitch and a few other films. Uh, playing the role of Luigi, we have Charlie Day. Oh, I like him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Playing I've... Big... Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm just... I really hope they don't do accents because in today's climate, that's that's a hard sell, right? Mario, I mean, Mario does have an accent in the video games. I mean, he's I know I I agree with you, but he's he's voiced by some white dude, right? He's Italian. Is he? Yeah, it's Charles Martinet. Is Italian. okay because because I do yeah. remember there was like concern. Uh, a long time ago about that people were like it's not an italian guy and then i remember him on the news being you so. know you're you're telling me not to talk about stuff i know i know okay go ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> ignore everything i just said <laughs> playing <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying yeah. what open it up no 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 playing bowser <laughs> is jack black <laughs> wow the voice of I, you know what? I I could see that working because okay. he's so. You never know with him, right? I'm, he's he's just unpredictable. I don't know. I mean, if you look at the history of like the Mario franchise, though, and you see who's played, you know, the character like Harvey Atkins was the voice of King Koopa from the Super Mario yeah. Brothers Super Show, and you know, he's like, "I'll get you, plumbers," you know, like that. So. Have they put out any artwork, like concept no, art? No, no artwork or anything okay. like that. Now it's not. We're not done. We okay. Okay. We got Keegan Michael Key coming in as Toad, the voice of Toad. Okay. Playing Donkey Kong is Seth Rogen. Oh really? <laughs> um, playing the voice of Kamek, the Wizard Koopa is legendary voiceover artist Kevin Michael Richardson. So that's fantastic. Um, Playing Cranky Kong, who is technically the original Donkey Kong, we have Fred Armisen. Playing Spike, 
who is a character from uh, oh from the game Wrecking Crew, uh, comedian Sebastian Maniscalco, Maniscalco, who I love really, him, really like. love I him, love him, yeah. And then Charles Martinet will be coming and playing random cameo voices in the Super Mario Brothers movie. It was not announced how, but he is going to be playing a character to in the movie. I am very, very torn. <coughs> when I when I heard this cast, I um I many folks know me as a purist. I am all about legacy. You know, I am all about um giving people and franchises their proper due. You know, yeah. I believe that if you're going to do a Super Mario Brothers movie and you're going to base it off of the video games, then you need to do it justice. You need to have the guy who's the voice of Mario in the games playing the voice of Mario in the movie. They've right. done it before in other promotional, promotional I wonder things. why they didn't do that. I mean... I mean, money. That's what it is. Chris Pratt apparently is a huge money maker jack black huge money maker you know um yeah. when i saw kevin michael richardson as kamek i got excited i was like okay that's cool like he's gonna be playing a character he is a professional voice actor that's cool awesome for him sebastian montesculco i mean spike does not have a voice he has not been in a game since the 80s they're bringing this character this is a legacy character they're bringing back that's super exciting i'm super cool about that Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong? <laughs> are you kidding me? Sorry. You really are, like, like you're muted, by the way. Like, you're really gonna, you're, you're really gonna do that? I mean, that's just, I don't know. So, I mean, I've spoken with people in the, in, who are, like, video game reviewers who are big fans of Mario, and they, of course, um, there are compilation videos of just eruptions of laughter at this cast because it's just like it's so ridiculous and it's so like one guy um one of my favorite youtubers arlo literally could not breathe and could not stop laughing for 20 minutes when they announced that chris pratt and then jack black and then everybody else like it just was like on top of on top of on top of um so I mean, the fact that it's animated is a good start. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't have anything. It is going to be released in theaters December 21st of 2022. So it's, we still got another year. Yeah. Uh, it can change in a year, you know. Um, yeah. That's one thing of, we learned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and here's the other thing, too, What that gives me hope for this. You know, if people are really not thrilled with... Um, with, with the voice cast, you know, um, they can change it. I mean, look what happened with the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah, people were were you know the, the the first look for Sonic was atrocious, and they demanded Paramount to go back and fix it and be like, "That's not Sonic. Go back and fix it." And they almost didn't do it, but mm. the feedback was just so horrendous that they were like, "Oh, we better go back and do something and fix it," you know. And they're still in. They still have a lot of time, you know. If if they don't like what they're doing, and you know, if Chris Pratt isn't a good fit, you know, they can they can do that. They can get 
Charles Martinet to just re-record everything yeah. as the real Mario and the real Luigi, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's my take on it. I, I think that, um, you know, it's very... It's it's exciting that Mario and, and Sonic are going to be on the, in the movie theaters at the same time. Because yeah. around that same time, Sonic 2 will be coming out, which will be interesting. With Idris Elba as the voice of Knuckles the Echidna, by the way. Like, who saw that coming? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so if you yeah. like Zootopia and you like the Buffalo Cop, he's going to be voicing Knuckles the Echidna in Sonic 2. I I think he's a super talented actor, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I I just have a hard time picturing the Toad voice. Yeah. You, like, just as a character in general, other than a squeaky, chewy dog toy kind of sound, I'm right. not sure what... I, you, like, you would almost have to go complete opposite to make it work. Right. Like, like, have him have, like, the, hey, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah. Toad. Because like, I, I can totally imagine me going, Oh, you're not going in there, are you? No, this fire. <laughs> I told you that's fire. You know, yeah. that's all that. I'm told we burn up. No, 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 no. Okay, hell no. Go, Mario. You do your thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I'm imagining that's what they're going to do with it. And yeah. if they do, on one hand, it'll be a funny movie. But on the other hand, it's not Mario. No, but, you know, uh, Keenan's so friggin' funny, man. Like, he, he my- is. He's just like, you almost don't have to write a script for him, you know? <laughs> I love Keegan-Michael Key. I mean, yeah. times, oh Keegan, my God. right. So, I say yeah. Keenan, Keegan. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I apologize, um, Keegan, we're tight. Yeah. It's yeah. A, he, you know, he's yeah. going to tell you and just, you know, review yeah. new ideas. How many um, times do I got to tell you? <laughs> my name's Keegan. Right. Come on, Brian. Yeah. The hell? Um, he's a great comedian. I, yeah. I, I mean, the cast... They are not bad actors and actresses. I don't know, I, I, I don't know the girl who's playing uh, Peach. You know, I, I know that she's she's been on the Babich, a few other things. Um, I, I don't I don't know her personally. I don't know her work. Yeah. Um, I love Jack Black. You know, um, Chris Pratt. Eh, you know, I, I know he's just a big name. I just, I'm really hoping, and you know what, it's just sad because everybody who talks about the casting for animated movies nowadays, we all know the drill. We all know why. And it goes back to Robin Williams in Aladdin, because Robin Williams was a top seller and one of the biggest comedians in the world, and Disney wanted him, you know. Um, But what people fail to remember with that particular film, quick history lesson for you kids out there and a Disney history lesson because screw it, I'm Mike Cook and that's what I do on every podcast I go on. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you don't like it, don't watch. But you watch, so, you know. Um, the, the role of the genie was written for Robin Williams. Like, uh, John, you know, John Musker and Ron Clemens had his voice in mind when writing the genie. And Eric Goldberg, the animator on The Genie, was such a huge, avid fan of Robin Williams that he knew how to take the character and how to make it funny. In fact, to get Robin Williams on the picture, Eric did animation to his stand-up routine records, to his stand-up records, and 
in pencil test form. They're still on YouTube today. You can still watch them. And he's even said that the biggest joy in his career was getting Robin Williams to laugh at his animation, which right. he did. And that's how we got onto the project for scale, by the way, yeah. for scale. And Disney did hit and Disney did him dirty. You know, he mm -hmm. said, listen, I'll do the voice. I'll do it for this much. Just don't use me to sell toys. But not realizing that he was talking to Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, of course they're going to use you for tail. You know, for toys. So, and ever since then, movie studios just got it in their head. Oh, if we get big names, it doesn't matter if they're not good for voice acting. Yeah. We're just going to put them in there and just use them just talking and then they'll be the new character and i think it's disgusting and i think it's terrible and i i think it destroys the legacy it creates a lot of confusion in the fan base it creates a lot of confusion for newer fans and kids who are growing up see i'm a lot more forgiving with the voice than i am with the visuals I, it's both for me I I just got in a disagreement. I had a few friends over for a bonfire outside, and we got talking about the new Marvel What If series. Mm -hmm. And uh, hold on, I gotta take a drink. I got a dry throat today. It's okay. I've been. <laughs> this episode's brought to you by Mutts. Yeah. Hosted by. It's just water, people. <laughs> I should I should peel that off, eh? Yeah, I showed my Altoid. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we were talking about the new Marvel What If, and it's a 3D animated project, but it's rendered with heavy 2D paint techniques, and I'm just not a big fan of that visually. But like, I kind of like into the Spider Verse kind of look. Not as good. Spider Verse nailed it. Like it was just amazing, right? What mm -hmm. If is sort of. Uh, like, uh, uh, if a comic book was suddenly three dimensional and, oh. and it just, it, it just, to me, it, it, it kind of plays more like a video game cinematic than a production, a TV show production, Sure. but the stories are great. I finally did watch them and mm -hmm. the stories are, are wonderful, but the visual, I, I, I would try to watch it, turn it off. I'm like, oh, I can't. Right. And that's totally subjective. Like you could right. throw a rock and hit somebody who's just madly in love with the, the visuals, right? Right. That's the whole problem with our industry as a whole. The whole thing is subjective, right? right? Like here you are complaining that, you know, so-and-so is going to be the voice of whoever. Meanwhile, somebody is like, yes, right. they're going to be the voice of it. But here's the thing, like, I'm pissed off because you put Charles Martinet in the movie anyway. Like, you know fans are not going to be happy if he's not in the movie. And they're going to be even worse if they're not if he's not Mario and Luigi. Because he does both of them. Yeah. The man is multi-talented. Yeah. And what, what pisses me off about it is you have a plethora of amazing voiceover artists. You know, you have people like Rob Paulson, Jess Harnell, Tress McNeil, Jim Cummings, um, you know, Tom Kane, who just had a stroke and had to retire because 
you know, of his dehabilitating stroke. stroke yeah. You know, that's rough. um, you know, Dan Castaneda, um, all these amazing voice are. I mean, and that's just the the ones that I can think of the top of my head. Um, all these amazing voice talents. <clears throat> Ooh, let me pitch this to you. Um, <laughs> Se- Sebastian Monescalco as Luigi. See, I. If it wasn't Mario, I would be so up for it. Like if it was a, like they wonder why the 1993 version of the Mario movie bombed because they didn't do it right now. Here's the, the only thing that was saving them at that time was that Mario didn't have an official voice. I mean, technically he did, you know, they had Captain Lou Albano and Danny Wells who were Mario and Luigi for the live action portions of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show in the 80s. So technically, they had live actors portraying these characters. In the video games, they didn't have voice te- they didn't have that capability yet. Mario didn't have a voice. Sonic didn't have a voice. None of these characters had voices. It made sense and it was like, okay, we're taking these liberties because we have to because we don't have an official you know, <clears throat> we don't have an official voice for Mario. That's not the case today. Mario has been around for 35 years. Yeah. He has had Charles Martinet voicing that character for 25 years. Everyone, when you when you look at Mario, you immediately think, it's me, Mario. And the guy doing that voice is Charles Martinet. So if you don't have Charles Martinet doing the voice of Mario in your Mario Brothers movie, but you still put him in the movie because you feel bad for the guy. You're like, listen, we're going with this guy because we know that doesn't matter. We could put him in a monkey suit and he's going to rank in $200 million. You know, we can have him fighting imaginary dinosaurs and he'll rank in 50 million, but people love you as Mario. So here, read this. I bet you that they're going to have him do something and it's going to make him sound like Mario. And it's not going to be Mario. And people are going to be really pissed off. Yeah. Right. I would be pissed off. You know, but that's that's just me. I'm a legacy guy. I'm all about legacy. I'm all about respect for people who have done this for so many years, have built this character, have made this character. It would be like having Ray Romano or as the voice of uh, Homer Simpson. You know? I, you have- I could kind of see that working, though. Yeah. So not a great analogy. I could totally see that working. Uh, okay. But you, but you know what I mean? Like, unless the person is gone. Like, for example, uh, Wayne Allwine and Lucy Taylor, the voices of Mickey and Minnie Mouse for decades. Wayne passed away in 2009. Lucy recently passed away in 2019. You know? Uh, the two people that are doing the voices now, I mean, I know the voice of Minnie Mouse personally. She's a very sweet lady. Um, she does a really great job doing the voice of, of Minnie. I think she's, you know, done ex- extraordinarily well. She's, you know, I, I don't know if she understudied with her. I've yet to ask that. I'd love to have her on a, a podcast. I'd love, her, love yeah, to have her on sure. a show, yeah. you know? 
The guy who is Mickey Mouse, Brett Iwin, again, seems like a really good dude. Seems like somebody who is, a, you know, he is a, an artist. Like, he actually worked at Hallmark. Um, he is an official Disney artist. Does not do the voice of Mickey very well, in my opinion. You know? Wow. When all... <laughs> Shots fired, man. <laughs> you laugh at me, but it's... Like it's people like me who make sure that things don't get messed up. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that I'm sure that was the mindset of everybody that stormed on uh, on the, when was it on the sixth? What date? Stormed the Capitol. Oh, January sixth. People like us that make sure things don't get screwed up. Wow. Okay. So that's where we're going with it, huh? <laughs> Okay. All right. No, but I've, I, to me, I, I forget who's voicing a character within five or ten minutes of watching it. I just, from an audio thing, I just accept it. The visuals mm -hmm. are so much harder for me to, uh, d what, what's that? Disbelief? Suspend my, my disbelief? Yeah. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I hope in when the concept art comes out, that everybody now wants to go a new direction, right? They they want to they want to pay homage to the old in a small way, but really make it its own thing, right. from all the way from corporate America down. It's, it's just yeah. it happens that that's the circle of uh, pop culture, pop culture life. I will say the, that there is one show that is now on Disney XD that has been around for a couple of years, um, The Legend of the Three Caballeros. Have you seen that show yet on yep. Disney Plus? Yep. Fantastic show. Mm -hmm. Fantastic show. I love that show. I love the animation. I love the fact that they hearken back to all of the, the history of the Donald Duck series. Like, I love that show. You know, do yeah. they have uh, Carlos Ellis Rocky and Rob Paulson doing the voices of, uh, of Panchito and Jose, respectively? No. You know, they got Eric Bauza, and I believe, I forget who does the other one. But anyway, I, I, just because I mentioned Eric, I want to do him justice, too. Bear with me. <laughs> I wanted, you know me. I want to make sure that I do this right. <laughs> Fact checker. Yeah. <laughs> I know that people watch your show. They watch our show. Uh, Jaime Camille is yeah. the voice of uh, of Panchito, and he he's been uh, he he's a really great guy. I believe he was in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was actually in Coco. Yes, he was in Coco. He was the dad in Coco, and he's done a lot of uh, oh my gosh, a lot of uh, he's in Hotel Transylvania three. He was in a lot of. Uh, Spanish dubbed films. He was in The Secret Life of Pets. Did you too. watch the the Disney movie? It just came out not too long ago about the uh, like the Mer people. Luca. Yes, Luca. Did you watch I that? I did. I did, and I know that we had talked about it before. And I yep. know I said that I didn't like it because I thought that the style was just too weird, and it it looked like it was cheap. <clears throat> You just wanted me to eat my words, didn't you? you were, <laughs> that's the only reason why you brought it up, because you knew I was going to freaking love that I movie. Loved I, I loved it. I loved that movie. I yeah. thought it was so well done. I thought it, it was, was a tremendous metaphor 
Um, and uh, just amazing movie. Just mm-hmm. really well done. Yeah. I, not I, not overly complicated with eye candy, right? It it was it was good. Well thought felt, out. You know what? I I would equate it to our generation's Dumbo, mm-hmm. and I, I'll explain what I mean by that because, um, you know, Disney during that time he did Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, the first feature length film, blew the budget on it. Like it was like the biggest thing that you know ever. Um, Pinocchio. Fantasia and Bambi, again, all huge high budgets, all lots of production value, but they both failed. Like all three of them failed at the box office initially. Yeah. Um, then they went back to Dumbo and they treated it like a longer silly symphony, like a longer short. Um, they used traditional watercolor backdrops. They, uh, it was more lighthearted in tone. Most of the movie, I mean, they're you know, don't even get me started on you know, pink elephants. I mean, that just, ooh. Um, you know, but other than that, it was, it was, it was a very inexpensive movie to make. It was yeah. very quick. It was a very short movie and only ran an hour. And, but it was still a, it was a hit for the studio. It was a, a huge hit and it came at just the right time, you know, right before the Disney strike and right before world war two, it came out in 1941. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, what people don't know is that Dumbo was supposed to make the cover of Time magazine, but then the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. So we got a very, very different cover. Yeah. I think that Coco is, or not Coco, um, Luca, <laughs> is this generation's Dumbo. Because again, very short film, very, very short film. Strong very, metaphor. Very strong metaphor. Yeah. Um. You know, great, very strong theming, I think, yeah. is what you're trying to, yeah. to say. The yeah. theme is, is there, you know, don't hide who you really are. Be yeah. proud of who you are. Yeah. Um, and, and take risks, you know, I think, and, and that's a huge thing. The cast was very, um, for the most part, unwell-known. I mean, Jim Gaffigan was in it as the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know anybody. I mean, it was a very strong child cast. The... I see why they went the direction they did with the art design. You know, it, it, it was it did it was kind of like a 3D version of modern TV cartoons. Mm-hmm. You know, it had that Steven Universe, um, you know, uh, Star versus the Forces of Evil look and feel. It yeah. did only you know? better. Only better. That's what put me off against it originally. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. It felt like a a Ghibli, a Studio Ghibli movie done by Pixar, very short, very well done, very heartbroken. It was it was a traditional Pixar film in that way. It made you mm-hmm. feel, made you yeah. cry. Um, and it, I, I expect it wasn't terribly expensive to make. I don't think it was that expensive to make. I, I think you'd be surprised. Yeah, they, you know, Compared it's... to other films that are being made today, though. I yeah. Mean, well... You know. Um, but it was a wonderful film, and I think that was the shot in the arm that Pixar needed, mm-hmm. you know, because we can only have how many Toy Story movies and how many Monster Inc. sequels or how many car sequels. And then they were like, you know, we're done with this. We want to go back. I mean, it started with Coco, and now it's, you know, we got um, uh, Encanto coming out pretty soon, which looks really, I think that's Disney, though. I think that's I I I'm, I gotta look that up again, but I'll do it later. Yeah. Uh, they had Onward that didn't do very well. You yeah. know, Chris Pratt again. 
Chris Pratt was awkward. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but um, <clears throat> I think there was some controversy around him uh, during that time, too. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I did enjoy Luca. I, I thought it was a, a great film. Silencio Bruno. You know, I, I do... And I say that every once in a while now. So that's a very good, I love that film very much. But yeah. um, one more piece of uh, animation news before we wrap this segment up. I guess a, a review since we're on the topic of movie reviews. Yeah. Did you see Space Jam? The new no. Legacy? No. And I probably won't. Really? Yeah. You really aren't going to see it? Probably not. No. May I ask your reasons why you're not going to see it? Just the, the whole the whole uh, visuals of it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'd rather watch the line tests from mm -hmm. it. You know, like that would get me excited. Mm -hmm. um, they're they're out on YouTube. They're yeah, and, and I've been absorbing them as much as I can. I love them. Um, the animation, of, the animators did amazing. Mm -hmm. um, even the, the basketball player, um, was it LeBron James? LeBron James, yeah. Yeah, LeBron James. And I don't know anything about basketball, but I I give him all the props in the world for stepping into the acting thing. You know, that that's not his forte. His forte is uh, conquering on the court, right? right. And, and he stepped into the acting thing, so all the props in the world. Um, I just think... I. I don't know. I when I saw the 3D rendered Looney Tunes, and I'm like, uh, I I don't know. But it, but I would buy the making of book because mm -hmm. it would have all the rough animation sketches right. in it, all the model uh, sheets and everything. Yeah, and... I love watching the line tests, mm -hmm. but there's something about the finished part of it that is just off-putting. Um, for me as a fan, and I wasn't a big fan of the original either. Because I felt like it was just such a, a drastic, higher rendering of the Looney Tunes I grew up with. Mm -hmm. I let my nostalgia get in the way of accepting a, a new way of them being presented to me. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm, I'm not over that right now. But I think, I think that's very common with people that grew up uh, like I did with the Looney Tunes. Uh, mm -hmm. The newer generations... They're all for it. They're, you know, right. again, well, subjective. Well, I grew up with the classic Looney Tunes, too. And for me, I just kind of thought of, like, for me, I uh, when I, um, it was like a new Roger Rabbit for me. You know, like, the, the way that they portrayed the characters in Who Framed Roger Rabbit was very akin to how they did it in the original Space Jam and this current Space Jam as well, you know. Well, no, no, um, no. You, you got that backwards, though. Roger Rabbit was first. Correct. And the Space Jams uh, took a page out of that book. Right. right. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Like, space, like, Roger Rabbit did it first. Yeah. They mastered that yeah. technique. I can't think of another movie that has done it as well as Roger Rabbit, where everything felt like a, a, a nice, cohesive oneness, right? Mm -hmm. The only other film I can think of um, is Looney Tunes Back in Action, the one that came out in 2003. With Brandon, 2004, Brandon with Frazier. With Brandon Frazier, yeah. Jenna Elfman, Steve yeah. Martin. 
that was a severely underrated movie. I loved that yeah. film. I thought it was absolutely well done. A lot of people didn't like it, and I didn't understand why. I thought it was... Um, I saw the original ending that they planned for it, and then I saw why people didn't like the new version, because the yeah. old ending was way better, um, which typically is the, the way it goes, you yeah. know? Um, so I'll give you my semi-spoiler-free review, since you haven't seen it, and if you don't want to see it, I can just go straight-up spoilers, but... Um, I felt that Space Jam and New Legacy start off really slow. Um, I felt that it really pushed home the, we're Warner Brothers, you know, we are the kings, you know, we have been around for over 100 years, and this is our, our archive, and we're going to put you in everything that we've ever done, and we're going to yeah. make LeBron James the face of Warner Brothers. You know, the algae rhythm character um, was a really good villain. I will say that. He was a very, very good villain. Um, and very appropriate. Like, it, it's like to me, um, I think I truly feel it was an allegory for how every studio has been treating its animation department. Mm -hmm. You know, the Toons world was considered the rejects. You know, well, hey, they didn't even credit <laughs> most of the artists that worked on it. That's and my other This thing is too. a very big deal. And yes, we're talking about films that have been out for a while, not right. very timely. Right. I understand. However, well, you had to make a show. I wanted to I know. about it when it happened. Right. You're too busy with your show. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Because so, I, wanted, I wanted to touch on this too. So I'm thankful you're talking about Yeah. So, you know, what does it hurt to add? an artist who worked so hard to make you boatloads of money and got right. paid a fraction of what you as an executive of a studio earned, mm -hmm. what does it hurt to put their name in the credits? You know, <laughs> like right. just do the right thing, you know, cause guess what? You do that kind of stuff enough and people are not going to want to work for you people still don't want to work with them now yeah I mean, and i i uh i i'm i uh i'm sociable with dave uh, alvarez who is who animated on that film and i i kind of mentioned it to him and um you know i'm like dude i'm so sorry that happened to you and he's like it happens all the time to a lot of people yeah you know and it's it's it is heartbreaking you know and um like it's one thing if you forget if right. if you 100 percent honestly just overlook a name and then you do something to make up for it, right? Like right. A, a special shout out or something, something right. to make up for that. But right. when you do it on purpose, you're just a dick. Right. You know? And, and that was the thing too. Like he, he mentioned that, you know, he went to the theater, he was excited to show his kids in the theater that their dad was in this Looney Tunes movie and he helped make it yeah. just to find out that, none of them were credited and i'm just like yeah. that is some that's a bull i mean unfortunately though it's not new in no. the animation industry it I mean, is quite often when to... you when you sign a contract at a studio you're asked to fill out a form for the credit list right mm -hmm. and usually on that form it will say in small print um including you in the i'm paraphrasing but 
including your name in the credits, is solely up to the discretion of the producers. Right. Uh, we we are not promising your name will appear in the credit list. Right. So that is like 90% of all studio jobs will have that kind of to cover their, their ass on that. I just, I don't know why, if, if an artist works on something, put their name in the credits, for God's right. sake. You know? And the other, the other big controversy besides the whole Pepe Le Pew thing was the crediting of the voice actors. Because they, I don't know if you remember in the original, the, the top casting for that film was Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. They were going to do that again, and they were going to do Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Lola Bunny, as you know. But what messed them up was they hired Zendaya to be the voice of Lola Bunny instead of getting someone like Kat Sosi or Candy Milo, who I love and adore, um, to do the, the voices. And um, they got the big name because Zendaya is big, mm. and they credited her. So then everybody else is like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. What about Jeff Bergman, who has been Bugs Bunny since Mel Blanc passed away in 1989? What about Eric Bauza, who has taken up the mantle? What about Candy Milo, who is the new granny? Are we not going to, Bob Bergen, are we not going to give them the credit for voicing this? I mean, you're going to give it to Zendaya. Yeah. Why not everybody else? Is that not, is this, does Lola Bunny no longer exist? Like, is Bugs Bunny still, you know? And that, I think, is messed up. Yeah. And, and that's my point on doing legacy. That's the point. You know? Like, you could have gotten away with it if you had just kept it simple. And yeah. I get what Warner Brothers, and, and, like, this goes back all the way to, because in the early days, it wasn't just Bugs Bunny, the cartoon character. It wasn't just Mickey Mouse, the cartoon character. They were treated and they were seen as actual cartoon actors, which is kind of what we do with Chuck E. Chicken. Like, they are not just cartoon characters. They are cartoon actors who have played roles in cartoons for, you know, um, you know Leon Schlesinger Productions being distributed by Warner Brother Pictures. They did that for decades yeah. with, with Bugs Bunny. Because Disney did it for years and years and years. Didn't want anybody to know who the voice of Donald Duck was. Because they wanted people to think of Donald Duck as a real character, as a real being, as a yeah. real person. That's cool. I mean, I, I am for that. But if you're going to give credit in, you know, and you're going to do that, then you got to do it with everybody else. And then at that point, you are destroying the illusion, something that was really magical and something that was really special and probably could have kept your characters alive for another 100 years. You know, the, the honest truth is the credits, really, the credits mm -hmm. only matter to the people that worked on it so they can have that moment with their friends and family right. and go, there's my name. Right. And then it's done, <laughs> right? Right. Well, and also, it's really only for people on the inside, to be honest with you. True. Because, true. You know, but, but it's that 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 fleeting moment of bragging to your family and friends, like wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. There it goes. And it, when it plays on TV, they speed them up like five times faster, right? So you're like, there it goes. Right. Right. 
So, but that's such an important thing. And, and as artists on any production, I mean, every human being only has a certain amount of heartbeats, right? Mm -hmm. So if I've dedicated some of my heartbeat time to your vision, throw me a bone, put right. my name in the credits. Right. Right? Like, like you're going to get credit in this cartoon that we're doing, you know? Like, you you did the storyboards and the animatic, and you're, you kind of helped uh, direct the damn thing. Shucks. So you're definitely getting a huge credit on it. Like, big letters, you know? Well, Maybe. and then I bring my whole family in, and I go, there's my name. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you do, you know? Yeah. But I, I agree. Like, I think that, especially at the time that the movie was being made, you know, with COVID... And everything. Yep. I mean, maybe it was. I mean, maybe this was in production two, three years ago, and you know, the the point that point is moot. Yeah. But I think that you know, unfortunately, COVID, in a way, is now going to be forcing a lot of responsibility on movie makers to make sure that number one, people are compensated fairly, that they're credited fairly that they now have to account for multiple releases, not just theatrical releases. Because it's the same thing Interesting with... topic. Interesting <laughs> topic. The, the Scarlett Johansson uh, uh, thing, I'm, I'm completely in her court. Like, yeah. I'm 100% team Scarlett Johansson. I, or Johansson. <laughs> totally. Because... Uh, is, it's just shady. Yes, I um I you know how much I love the uh, Walt Disney the man, and I love the works that he did, and I love, but you know, and my dad gets mad at me because he's like you're you're shutting out opportunities for you to work at that company if you keep bad mouthing them, you know, um and I love Disneyland, you know, I can't stand Walt Disney World anymore, I can't, you know, it's just. The magic is gone from I've Walt never Disney. been there. I envy people who have been able to go. <laughs> go to Disneyland. It's so much I've better. I've been there uh, three times. Yeah, Disneyland is a thousand it. times better. Yeah. Disneyland is the is, is yeah. the best place ever. Which I I got another topic about that. We'll talk after Scar Joe. Um, but the way that Disney treated her, I mean, and they, they told her, you know, they, they tried to spin it where she was just you know, taking advantage of a situation, taking advantage of COVID. You've already gotten paid $200 million. Do you really need more money? And it's like... Well, does the studio need that much more money? It, it's a it's a mirror argument, right. you know? Like, I'm, you I'm rubber, you're glue. So. Right. And, the, like, what are you doing with the money anyway? Like, where are you putting your money? Yeah. You know, what are you... Are you but it's more of a principle or, thing, Right. And right. by the way, this circles back to the title of our show, Producers Without a Clue, because as we are creating our content and trying to get it out there, and you're you're already negotiating commercial deals based on your characters, right? So you're right. sort of licensing your character to another company for right. use in a commercial, right? So right. There, there are all these agreements, right? And it's sort of like... Like there, there's a a show on um, oh, I forget what network, but it's Star Girl, and one mm -hmm. one of the new characters has this pen, and inside it basically is a genie. I forget what he's called, Thunderbolt or something like that. 
But it's a uh, his superpower is he makes a wish and genie makes it happen. But you have to be so detailed with the wish. Like, right. I, I wish it would rain, but only three centimeters of rain. And I wish it would only have this much. Like, it, within one, you, you have to make sure that every little detail is covered. Not just for the protection of the studio producing the project, but the people involved. I think if studios really cared more about the people helping them to make the money, um, it would just be a revolution of creativity again. But that's that's the problem. Unfortunately, it's not like the old days where people understood that it wasn't just, you know, the, the studio executives that were making the, the money. It was the yeah. people making the movies. I mean, OK, now, OK, wait, wait, just OK. Think about it this way. OK, OK, OK. Imagine this. You wake up one morning and ScarJo has has released this long Twitter rant about, oh my goodness, I was under the understanding that Disney was going to market and release my film this way, and I was prepared for that. Right. Co COVID hit. That didn't happen. Instead, they did it this way, which had nothing to do with my contract because nobody knew of that, right? Right. But right. they took care of me. They honored our agreement and modified it to <laughs> allow for this new way of distributing the film. Can right. you imagine the positive PR that Disney would have gotten globally? Would be like, wow, big corporation like that is watching out for their talent. That's amazing. Hey, I'm an actor. I want to work for them. I, right? I wish that were the story. I'm yeah. not, I mean, I I know that they're like if Walt Disney were still alive, he would make that happen. Yeah. Like that's just the kind of dude that he was, you know, and unfortunately, you know, people in in corporate Hollywood don't care. They're just all about the bottom line. And as the son of a business owner, because I know there's a bunch of people who watch the show who are on the side of Disney because they work at Disney or right. they're up in the in the management and they have that whole understanding of like well of course they had to do this well, because listen, we're getting out of a pandemic. You know? I I worked for Disney for almost 4 years and I can tell you I saw a lot of shady stuff. It right. was my dream job. I loved right. every minute there, but I right. saw a ton of shady stuff in right. the form of uh uh management just not listening to to the opinions of their talent that's what i mean by by shady um right. so shady is not the right word i i would say disrespectful there you go much better word thank you yeah D disrespectful to the talent who is creating all of the visuals that mm -hmm. they are banking on right right but here's the i i know why i, I and i hate to judge i do but you put, you know, you put Disney on your business card, people automatically start inflating your head a little bit. Like, oh, I'm a executive producer at the Walt Disney Studios. Like, I yeah. am part of the cream of the crop. Like, oh my goodness. I, I, I did see, I did see a lot of that too. You know, middle management trying to justify their paycheck with mm -hmm. the more. The, the most ridiculous feedback you could imagine. 
you, you know, and, and just, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're right. And, the, and it's, and again, <laughs> Oh, bless you. And again, sorry, I forgot to I, mute that one. You're good. It's all right. Um, and again, as the son of a business owner, I, you know, I, I don't want to say I, I, I see where they're coming from and I sympathize with them because I don't, but I, I understand is like, if you're a small business, for example, you know, and you're trying to do something like if you are, if you're a smaller business, if, like if you're a smaller studio, if the Disney company was not the, the, the conglomerate corporation that it was today, you know, if it was still the same company before Michael Eisner came in and before all that whole, you know, that whole thing happened, if it yeah. was still that Disney, you bet your buns, they would have done something, you yeah. know, that they would have absolutely but it's corporate America. And unfortunately, we can, you know, until we're blue in the face, because guess what's going to happen? Oh, we're going to end this conversation, and then our kids are going to come up, and they're going to be like, hey, Daddy, let's go to Disney World. Hey, Daddy, let's go to Disneyland. And then you just got done ranting and yelling at me about how much you hate, you know, Disney, and go, yeah, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, you yeah. don't. <laughs> but it's not. And that's but that, that's the thing. I think that there is a way that corporate Hollywood and corporate America needs to change. And corporate Hollywood especially, because I really do feel, and I'm hoping that COVID does this. I really do. I hope that after everything that's happened, after everything that has been going on, because now we are also in this society that we do not let people get away with anything. As soon as it goes down, it's one tweet away yeah, from a destroyed career. You have to let people learn from their mistakes and move forward with new right. knowledge. Or right. else, as a human race, we're just, what's the point? Right. right? It, it, it's very akin to ancient Rome and the mob, right? Right. Currently. Oh, yeah. And really, we we all want the opportunity to make right when we've screwed up. You know, because a lot of times you don't know you're screwing up until after the fact. Right. Exactly right. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect. Um, when we were first doing Carolers of Clucking, I was working with an artist who, um, you know, I looked up to and wanted to work with them and brought them on. And at the time we were trying to make it a longer thing. Um, circumstances changed because everybody is volunteering their time and um, they didn't agree with the way that we were running the show and they didn't agree with arrangements that were made with other artists so mm -hmm. they left yep. and I mean I, you're, you, no one's forcing anybody to do anything you know yep. um, but the, the point of, that I'm trying to get is so like they didn't tell me right away. They just up and left. They're like, I can't be a part of this fight. Yeah. And then they have the, you know, they hold on to it. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but um, there's no compassion. There's no forgiveness. There's no understanding. There's none of this. There's no, um, you know, cordiality. You know, there's none of that. Yeah. And there's I, a lot I've of been there, man. I've, yeah. I've been there. Uh, I've seen people wish me dead burn the body, spread yeah. the ash, destroy the ashes. Right. And then let's try to go for the family too. I've I've been there. And right. I've I've always tried to 
you know, in today's society, it, oh, I was raised by when you're wrong, you have to admit when you're wrong and not lie to cover up and just right. try to do better. Right. right. That that was how my parents raised me. Right. It wasn't until I got married when or, or, you know, a few years into dating my my wife now, when I start started to really learn the value of looking in the mirror and really saying, are you in the wrong or do you just want to be right to win an argument? Right. Right. Like, did you, if because if you messed up, you have to make it right. Right. And it's, that, it's about, that's become yeah. a big part of our household, mm -hmm. you know. It's And also not only that, but it's the golden rule. Like treating people the way that you want to be treated. Yeah. And that's what I try and do. Like I am very respectful to everybody that I meet, even if I just meet them for the first time. It's about cordiality. It's about, you know, respecting people. And, you know, nowadays we're in an age where, you know, um, there's a lot of people who have different pronouns and, you know, from the traditional Mr. and Mrs., you know, mm -hmm. we have people on the Chuck E. Chicken team who also go by they, them pronouns. Yeah. And I've messed up plenty of times. Happy can attest to this because every time I call them a she, I get mad at myself and then I correct myself. But instead of her getting mad at me. She cheers me and she goes, yay, thank you. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. learning, you're trying like, and that's, that's the point. Like it's, it's, it, it doesn't matter if it's something that you are dead set against. If it's, if it's, you know, that's the thing, like be respectful, like understand yeah. that this is what this person is requesting of you. This is what this person wants. It doesn't matter if it fits into your agenda. It doesn't doesn't matter what you think. Yeah. Be kind to this person. And be, if they, be respectful. You know, and and that right. harkens back to studios giving credit to the artists. And you right. know what? The artists have to be respectful too. They right. have to remember that they are working in a business. Mm -hmm. Right? At the end of the day, the studio right. wants to make money. True. They right? need to. They yeah. need to, or else these big, cool projects don't Go exist. Away. Exactly. Yeah. So and not only with that, the... but it's yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I go ahead, kind of go ahead. Fun. A lot of people are like, well, why do we need, you know, why do companies need to make all this money? It's like, well, because if they don't have them, speaking for someone who, who knows this, if you don't have the money, you can't make the really cool stuff. Yeah. Now, do you need to make billions upon billions of dollars with every movie? No. You know, are you going to make an Avengers movie every single time? No. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, even some bad movies like the new Lion King still make a billion dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's completely subjective at that point. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but just burning bridges everywhere we can. <laughs> Just every road, every bridge, I dynamite. Don't care. I don't care. You yep. kidding? I mean, I, I'm. I, so I apparently, don't... Disney is never gonna buy drawn to it behind the screens. <laughs> that that's never gonna happen. I would much rather work with Don Hahn. Um, and hey, um... Segway skirt. Guess who's coming on the podcast in November? Who's coming on the podcast in November? Uh, Don Hahn. Yeah, 
Yeah. So. So why November? Uh, it's going to be very close to, I believe, the 30th uh, anniversary of Beauty and the Beast. So that's going to kind of play into the conversation quite a bit. I have so much respect for Don Hahn because all the stories I've ever heard about him was he was a producer for the artists. Like, just really cared about the artist's uh, ability and motivation to keep going when they were down. And uh, just every story I've ever heard, he always had the artist's um, at the forefront of his daily concern, and is I ca he, I can't wait to to pick his brain. I'm super is he excited. Still working? Is he still producing, or is he? Kind I'm of sure. Retired? I'm sure he is up to something. Uh, we'll find out when he comes on, for sure. I he's one of my people that are on my. I I've actually spoken with yeah. Don on on Facebook a couple of times. We are, yeah. you know. Um, I don't know if he's seen Chucky Chicken. I've tagged him in a few things, yeah. so you can apologize to him for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Don Hahn. I, I I have so much respect for him. He um, I love the things that he's doing now with the Disney Vacation Club. He recently toured Walt Disney's home with Floyd Norman, I legendary saw that. Yeah. animator. He yeah. did the uh, the train station, uh, Walt's barn with. Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, yeah. another another guy. Um, so yeah, good. I I love Don. I I would love the chance to, to like properly sit down and, and pick his brain and chat with him too. So yeah. maybe you can pull some strings. So and maybe hit. <laughs> all that being said, yeah, Don's a very busy person, so it's totally his prerogative to rebook and cancel if he needs to. So if November comes and there's no Don Hahn podcast, there Why? will be. There will be yeah. eventually. But yeah. as, of, as of right now, that's when we're looking for uh, uh, early November. Right. So it should be super exciting. And yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. And speaking of the podcast, by the way, yep. um, I'm also going to be bringing back the Chicken Chat podcast. <laughs> chicken Chat. Oh, okay. Yep. The C H I C K apostrophe N apostrophe chat podcast, where I um. And what juicy little nuggets will we get in there? We're gonna talk Chucky e. Chicken. We're also gonna talk um about the people behind the scenes who make the show possible. Mm -hmm. uh, speak with some of the the voice actors, the animators, um, people who really um because a lot of people um. I've been very fortunate to work with a, a great group of people, people who have big audiences, yeah. people who don't have big audiences, but want big audiences. And mm -hmm. I am very, very passionate people, very passionate people. Yep. And I am a huge advocate of, um, you know, you can build a magic kingdom, but it takes people to run it. Yep. And my people are Ron and Chucky and I love them to death for it. And I want to give them props. I also would love to have other guest stars as well, like people who I am very much a fan of, like, for, for example, voiceover artists, um, animators, producers, directors. So I don't want to say it's a competition with the Drawn to a podcast because you blow us out of the water every time. But I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm a mogul for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's 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 me and Joe Rogan, and then everybody else. Sure, sure. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm basically this version. To, hey, cool. Yeah, I love this book. By yeah. There's yeah. another one of my heroes. Man, so, awesome. By the way, he, Eric Goldberg does so many good voices himself, and Bugs yeah. Bunny is almost bang on. <laughs> like, he, yeah, he, he did Marvin the Martian in Looney Tunes Back in Action, by yeah. the way. So, so, so talented as a, and as an animator, those are skills you've got to have not to be a voiceover actor, but to be able to put yourself in the character, put yourself in that moment and, and make an audience believe something. If you can do that before you've even started drawing, your animation's just gonna, and it's proof his animation is just, you know, light years beyond everybody else. Speaking of his animation, did yeah. you see those new Goofy shorts on Disney Plus? The no, I, I knew nothing about them. There are three brand new, very short Goofy cartoons uh, under the Stay at Home label. Okay. Directed, directed by him. Yeah. And they are so funny. They're oh. very, very short. Oh, I can't wait to are, watch them. They are very, very well done. Awesome. I. They, they kind of like set the bar for me with what I want to do with Chucky. And my I... my viewing history on Disney Plus is so messed up because it, it'll go from like pretty woman to like goofy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, mine is uh, the imaginary story. Boy meets world. Ducktales. Girls meets world. Uh... <laughs> it, 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 it's just so. Hello, Dolly. Yeah. And you know my uh, back when I was a kid learning how to drive, I ha I had a, a mixed tape, right? And and my taste in music is the same. It'll go, it'll go Frank Sinatra, Metallica, Vanilla Ice, uh, MC Hammer, and then Aerosmith, and like no rhyme or reason, no particular right. vibe. Just what I like, you know. Right. So and 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 that's the cool thing. Like I, I love multiple. I have that the same thing. Like I'll do like Arabic lounge music to Irish drinking songs to yeah. you know music from the Disney theme parks to you know nineteen twenties you know jazz you know ragtime, um, you know disco. So, with that being said, yes, you oh. can understand why it's so hard to create a hit whether it's a TV show or a movie, when you've got nut jobs out there like me and Mike, who've got <laughs> tastes that just branch out in every imaginable, like there's, we're not loyal to any one particular thing with the exception of nostalgia. That, that, but both of us are pretty, we lean into that pretty heavily. Yeah. And I think you need to have multiple tastes in order to be successful in animation. Well, today you do, for sure. You for know, sure. if you're a one-trick pony yeah. or a one-cluck pony, in, in my case, oh. you're not going to go far. Hey, you um, know what? That's not true, though. That's not true. Thing, there, there are still people today who are building entire careers off of one character, one style. You know what I mean? So it, it, I guess it just boils down to... If it's good enough, people will find it, and it will rise to the top. I hope Hopefully. So. I hope Hopefully. so. I really yeah. do. We've been – I do also want to say this. We yeah. recently uh, hit 900 subscribers on our YouTube channel. That's amazing. We Yes. I'm, I would love for a Christmas gift if we hit 1,000. 
that would be that there would you go, be people. Good. That that's my if we can hit one thousand subscribers on Chucky Chicken cartoons this year. And if people wouldn't be doing stuff when I'm trying to record a podcast. <laughs> Listen, that between would... that and my coughing, it, it's you know, th- this episode is a bit of a, a gong show, but it's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Welcome we're back, we're, we're just getting back into it. And we don't know what we're doing. Okay. No, we don't. No. We don't. So. Who knows? I mean, hence the name of the show. Exactly. We have no clue. That's right. So, so anyway. All right. Well, let's end it there. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, oh, one more thing. What What is coming up for Chucky Chicken? Uh, for Chucky Chicken, well, we're going to be releasing Carolers at Clucking in the next couple of months, which will be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of social media stuff. So we are going to be doing a huge social media push. We're also going to be um, working on a few new shorts as well this upcoming year. Yeah. Um, we're actually this Saturday going to be having a big get-together with everybody in the team to talk about the future of Chucky Chicken. Ooh. A few different things uh, in terms of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I I know. It'd be great if you went out to check on that and nobody's there. Just a ghost. That would freak me the hell. I, mean, <laughs> I would probably crap my pants. Just saying. Well, just saying. Like, it all sounds um, super exciting. We also have the the Northwest Illinois Film Festival rescheduled yep. for sometime in November. I don't have dates. If you are in. The Quad City, Moline area, or if you're in the Morrison, Northwest Illinois area, I think it's going to be in in Morrison, Illinois. I believe it's going to be in the drive-in movie theater over there. Um, And you want to see amazing pieces of film. And we have the distinction of being the very first pieces of animated content in the film festival. So it's a pretty big deal. Um, And uh, Chucky will also be there to take pictures with, which will be fun. I will be there. Uh, we don't know if we're going to do like a panel discussion or what the deal is. I really hope not because drive-ins in November, not a good mix, <laughs> saying, especially in Illinois. Yeah. But, um, but no, we, we're going to hopefully end this year really, really strong. Um, we're going to, I'm going to start getting back into the podcasts, doing some more speed draws, some more social media stuff. Uh, we got stuff in the works, and hopefully by around this time next month, we will have the entire team back together, you included, the Von Gollen sisters, everybody working together to bring some Chucky magic back. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. What about uh, you, guy? What's next for you? Well, uh, in the immediate future, I'm teaching at a new college in St. John, New Brunswick, which is my hometown. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm doing some uh, story work and uh, co-directing and uh, lead work on projects, uh, commercials. Um, There's a new feature film project I'm having a meeting on uh, with my boss uh, very soon uh, because it's a college uh, studio hybrid. Mm -hmm. So it's very cool. Students will get practical um, experience as part of their curriculum. They need more of those down here. I, so. I, th- I think it's a great way to learn, you know. Um, so I'm pretty stoked about that and keeping my fingers crossed for season two 
of drawn to it behind the screens and uh my son and i are working on a few like uh live action promotional videos for local businesses so nice yeah, yeah. so it's it's fun you know and by the way if you're ever looking for you know somebody to interview for drawn to it behind the screen um I'm just saying, like, I, I know quite a few. <laughs> Do you really know good somebody? I, I know a few. Yeah. Really good people who I think would be. I mean, there's Tom Ruger. Yeah. You know, who would be really great to have on your show. Yeah. Um, you already had David Perixma. David Alvarez would be another really good one. Plus, you could go to Puerto Rico. I mean, that ain't bad. That ain't bad. Um, I, you I, know, I, uh, there's me. There's scary, also, um, who else could there be? Um trying to think who else you could have on the show me um you could also have maybe me uh, yeah. just saying well you never know because uh season one the guests i ended up with i mm -hmm. never thought would even entertain the idea i'm so grateful they did i feel so honored um, i do have i do have to ask because i am going to be looking for it i'm a little excited because you told me you were going to do it yeah. so i want to make sure that it's there you told me that um, whenever you're on camera, like you were gonna have the Chucky e. Chicken concept art in the background of whenever you did stuff, is it there or am I gonna be disappointed? Try to, couldn't happen. No. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't. Couldn't happen. Why? Uh, and it turned into because I was trying to get them printed on canvases, right, uh -huh. to hang on the wall. And the way we ended up shooting, none of the wall got in the shot at all. Um, the way we cropped in, like it just ended up on the editing room floor. Uh, so, but, but, you know, if we get season two, we could, hey, oh, I got an idea. We have to talk off camera. Can't even look at you. I'm sorry. But I can, so I, listen, I, Listen, it's, it meant nothing. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely how it is. We, we tried, we tried, but, you know, uh, when you get notes back, you got you to gotta take them into account. I could have printed them off on canvases for you. I could have gone to Walgreens. I could have made it happen. Uh, that wasn't the issue. The issue was how shots were framed. And we had to punch in. That's the great thing about shooting in uh, 4K. It mm -hmm. allowed us to have double the editing room because we could really punch in on stuff and oh. not not lose resolution. So, like, so if, <laughs> if if I had filmed like, uh... okay. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. One of us here is a little <laughs> sensitive, and I don't want to mention who it is. But Brian, uh, I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. But they're wearing <laughs> they're wearing a hoodie, and that, that's all I'm saying. Oh come <laughs> on! Anyway. Are they wearing glasses too? Um, don't want to say, don't want to say. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, thank you to the audience for giving us a shot and listening to us come back we're go. rusty we promise we'll get better yes, and uh, uh in true uh tradition mike 
Please be sure to like this video if you enjoyed us rambling. Hit that subscribe button. And um, your question for the video is, I think this is a very good one. How important is legacy to you in animation? Let us know down below um, with all the talk of the Mario Brothers movie, Space Jam, and everything else that we talked about today. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can also send us an email at the address in the link down in the description. Please be sure to also check out Chucky Chicken Cartoons on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, not really active on Twitter anymore, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll put those links in the, the description too. Yeah, yeah, we will. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, the, as Michael Cook, the creator of Chucky Chicken, and Brian Finley, the creator of, draw, of Drawn to It Behind the Screens, You've just been tuned in, and now we got to tune out. See you later.